Welcome one and all to the sixth installment of Rinky Dinking. This week brought to you by Duncan. It's the podcast where we discuss the week at the rink. Thus, or hence, Rinky Dinking. Mike Heike, shouldn't you at your advanced age and, and with the tenure that you swing like a bullwhip be in Florida in February? And you're not. <laughs> That would be nice. It really would. Uh, but it is what it is. And you know what? I honestly believe, and I believe this in my heart, the most important person to be there is Jeff Totes because he brings a message that nobody wow. else can bring. It's true. It really is true. He's in the locker room. Well, He's Jeff, behind the scenes. Honored. Yes. You're, you're turning more and more into the colonel from Boogie Nights, Mike Heike, just for the record. <laughs> There you go. Jeff Totes is in FLA. What's going on at the pool today, JT? Well, let, let me say something to Heike's point, I guess, about me being on the road and you guys not. Uh, with kind of the new travel party, if you will, this year, a, a very reduced group. I have to say for what I'm trying to do and the behind the scenes coverage I want to provide, it, it gives benefit because... I'm there for everything. It's just one single group and you're there pregame, postgame, off days, meals, practices, everything's this one group. And so that's been an advantage for my job. But uh, on games like last night, I do, <laughs> I miss the floater bus. I miss that distance. I miss you guys. Really? It, uh, yeah, it's a little, yeah. little eye-opening experience. You know, you know, it's funny you say that because, I mean, there was a time when we had one bus and it was basically players, trainers, uh, broadcasters, everybody. Writers were all on, on one bus. I think we had writers on the bus. Did we not, Mike? Or did you guys have uh, to travel separate? Were you never on our bus? Was it just uh, I, I was on your bus a couple of times when Hitch was nice. Right, uh, right. Like, like if, but, if for, exa if, for example, if you had a practice that was out in one of the suburban rinks, right. Hitch would say, why don't you jump on the bus with us? What a nice man. What a Christmas day that was. The but it reminded me though of of times when when it was it's just so awkward and so quiet and everyone is so pissed off. And when, man when you were it was wonderful when you're with a club that wins 3 of every 4 games, but when you're with one of those clubs that wins 2 of every 4 or 1 of every 4, man oh man. Like when when I was with the the Hartford Whalers, the first year I did I did NHL games, we got kicked. We all of us got kicked off of the team bus, and we didn't we didn't really, you know, travel that far and and that back then. Uh, but we we got kicked off because of one guy bellowed a lot, and uh, he just did not have an inside the bus voice, and and he would be a little. <laughs> He'd be a little critical at times, or just uh, opining and and that and uh, and with that, the the general managers just made a an executive decision and and we got kicked off the bus. Now this wasn't at the beginning of the year; this was late in the year, and it was terrific for us. Like we were we were like rock on. We we had to take a bus from Hartford to Boston. We had to take the bus from Hartford to New York. Everywhere else, you just went to the airport and flew. So uh, we just we took a stretch limo. <laughs> so we would pile the radio broadcast and the television broadcast into a stretch limousine and go from Hartford 
to Madison Square Garden, and then it would wait outside like we were rock stars. As soon as the game was over, we'd just out we'd go. It had beer on ice, and then we'd sit in the back and, and laugh. Oh, my God, we had a good time. Chuck Caton, John Forslund, myself, and Marty Howe, Gordy Howe's boy. That was our group. And, uh, and it, I don't know what happened after the year. I moved on to the glory of Dallas Stars hockey. But that's how we finished up with the hot-fed whalers. So there you go. That's a group uh, of anyway, Hall of by, Famers right there. But it, well, truly. By the way, I, uh, me, the Razor Boy, uh, sat in the sun today, and it was glorious. I don't know what you did out there in Florida, probably at the rink. Mike, maybe you went out and got a little bit of, of sunshine on you. I'm not sure, but I did. I did. And oh my, oh my, did I miss that big fiery ball in the sky. It's like 80 degrees out. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I've, I've it's been Texas. out every afternoon the last three or four days. Well, the same sun was not so glorious for the NHL on the weekend, was it, in Lake Tahoe? Uh, I, I could hear the the crusty old hockey man out there uh, in the in the ether. You can shove your outdoor game where the sun don't shine, and actually would have been a good idea, right? Yeah. On Saturday. Yeah, that's what they said last year that they were so lucky that it was overcast. Otherwise, the uh, the winter class. That's all I get out of that to... line is you just moving on to overcast. You can <laughs> shove your outdoor game where I the sun doesn't it. shine. It's a great oh dad joke. I don't know why you, I even come up with this stuff. My my grandpa would have loved that one. What did you like best about everything that went on on the shores of Lake Tahoe? Interestingly, I think it is the perfect outdoor game. I mean, it, you're supposed to go back to your youth, which didn't wasn't in a big stadium, which wasn't you know what, didn't have how many guys in their youth fans? were at a were, were at a mega <laughs> resort on the shores of Lake Tahoe. <laughs> Well, for a minute, when you're me. on the ice, I know. But, you know, the concept, I think, is great. And, and I love the people who say, let's go up to Lake Louise or, or you know, someplace in Canada to try and duplicate that. Um, you hear why yeah, they couldn't that, do that? They, they talked about it. No, I didn't. But the uh, environmentalists up there don't want it. Ah, interesting. Canada. It's a very green country. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, what, but, else? what else do you like? Well, the li- I liked all the good stuff. Stuff. The, it was just weird. I, I had a hard time sticking with it when you had to go leave, I liked, come Mike back I, at midnight. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Mike, I got. I liked all the good stuff. The bad stuff I didn't like so much. It, it there was just too much bad stuff there. Oh, come on. I know. Well, there was, was one big bad thing watching. that messed up everything. But yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. I, the I the mean, timing of it all. Like, I mean, the sun and everything obviously caused problems. Made the first period very rocky, so to speak. Uh, oh, I knew, cobble, man, the minute... They had the cobblestone the, ice. The minute I looked at that rink when they were out there just before, I was like, that, that, that ice is not going to hold up. Not a, no. not a chance is that ice going to hold up. So I'm, I'm just happy that nobody blew when, a ACL out or something. Yeah, I agree with that. But then I couldn't stay with it. I couldn't come back at 11 o'clock at night, so... No, I didn't either. I figured I would see the highlights somewhere, but I, I was not yeah. going to go back to it that's too long a delay i love the pine trees and the big pond though didn't that look just that looks spectacular having having that uh instead of inside a, a stadium just the more natural 
I loved the look. I hate the Colorado Avalanche, but I loved those throwback Nordique unis. That was a yeah. kit, I, and it lo- actually it looked it looked better at night than it did uh, during the day. Just because again, white against white uh, is. I mean, you better be careful with that, even outdoors, right? Yeah. Um, well, especially with the and, sun too. Yeah, yeah. On on top of it, and the Bruins unis were pretty good. I thought that that uh, gold popped pretty good. I loved seeing the logo at Center Ice with no red line destroying its image integrity. How Came could up they with even that. Do that image integrity. That's a new razorism. Uh, yeah, how did they? How I, how would they ever figure out whether somebody iced the puck? Who, Since who, you don't have who to, who ices the puck from center ice? Jeez. <laughs> and if you miss it, man, is the I, game? I mean, uh, I, I'm hoping that this leads to getting rid of the red line through every team's logo at center ice. And I don't want to hear any of the arguments that well, just you know, you don't have to put your logo there. You can put small logos on each side. You're missing the point. The point is you do not need that center stripe going through center ice. Ever. Uh, the, the irony is I, I 100% agree with your decision. Like when you looked at that logo, you're going like, wow, that's spectacular. Because you and just the, get used to the red line going through it, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Yes. But when, when you see it without a red line through it, you're like, wow, this is what it could be. Yeah, yeah. I saw the the NHL shield was right on the red line too. Was an offset <laughs> like it's been in past ones, because uh, there is no danger of that thing being uh, smeared by a red line. Anyway, I'm not going to get bogged down with that. You know what? You know what I really enjoyed. And Totsi, this is probably right up your alley. the The early portion of the Bruins uh, Philly game, when the sun was setting. Like it was still, you know, just on the the horizon, hadn't yet gone behind the mountains, and uh, and the long shadows on the rink. It looked awesome. I mean, a friggin' nightmare for goalies, but <laughs> it looked spectacular. I thought image wise. Yeah, that's image integrity for sure. That would have been a dream to shoot. It was. That's all I could think about watching. See, it's it. catching on already. <laughs> that, phenomenal to see on TV. Oh my God, it just looks so good. And then and then it goes down and I mean it still looked great but it's it's just too bad that they couldn't have played both games in the afternoon um, you know because it was just the setting. Now there was also like you, Mike, a lot of stuff I didn't care for. Uh, I felt uh, there was a little too much of the hokey local junk, just kind of sandwiched in there. Did you get the same sense? Ah. Uh. I like that. You know, you know me. I'm okay. Mr. Hokey oh, and, my God. and storytelling and all, right. all that kind of yeah. stuff. But, okay. but I'll all defer right. to th- you because I think you know better. No, no. I mean, you- look at, hey, I'm not I'm not trying to lord over this thing. I'm just telling you what I didn't care for. And no. that was one of them. Uh, I didn't like the way the delay was covered. I thought they could have done a better job. Now, I know it's a, it's a complete curveball that's tossed at their head. But at the same time, it, it, that seemed really awkward really awkward and wasn't it painfully obvious to you that those pigeons out there in the kayaks that were paddling around were paid those had to have been paid pigeons right 
There's no way people were just throwing a park on and going for a kayak and all staying in one little area. I mean, just to give it a little bit of background, don't you think they were they were like paid extras? Possibly. I mean, that's basically what our whole world is now, right? Every political gathering, every oh everything. My, you, oh, my God. Totally that's where you take it. Paid actors. That's where you that's, take that's it, That's where you go. You go straight to politics, Mike. Oh. I'm just saying there's paid actors out there. They do stuff. <sighs> all right. Moving on. Here, here's this week's <laughs> Razor Piffany before Mike goes down a road and he doesn't want to go down, and we certainly don't. Uh, every get, Listen to this now, Mike, because I want you to weigh in on this. Okay. Okay? Everyone politics? suiting. Well, you're not listening now. You're talking, are you? Sorry. Listening. Sorry. Now. Everyone suiting up in the NHL is too good. They need to allow more crappy players in the league again. And I'm not kidding. Thoughts. I know where you're heading. I know where you're, where you're heading with this. You do? Mistakes Mistakes make for exciting hockey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of there with you. Do you remember, though, when you used to see the best players, the best players, absolutely dominate fourth lines or third D pairs or backup goalies? And... That, that doesn't really happen anymore. I mean, a couple of times a game, you see a little separation on that guy from most of the other guys. Or if you're watching the Edmonton Oilers, you're like, him, I don't know who that is, but that. Uh, otherwise, I, there's not that much difference. Yeah. Well, I'll give you another one. The players one. are all too good. Yeah. Like, who are these goalies who are just posting, you know, I, uh, 35 That's safe I mean. shutouts, and you're going like, who is that guy? I've never even heard yes. of him. And I they're mean, just like, yeah. A depth line now, a depth line now can skate. Whereas if, if you went back to a time when, when guys were just putting up ridiculous numbers offensively, if they were out there against a fourth line, the fourth line couldn't keep up skating-wise, let alone skill-wise with them, and it would just be pure domination. And then – they would either have to take a penalty because they were chasing all over the place and that, or they'd get scored on. And if they didn't get scored on before the penalty, they'd get scored on when all those guys stayed out there for the power play. Yeah. And nowadays, a third D pair has all kinds of mobility. So they, they, they don't get chasing around like your third pair did back in the day. And a backup goalie, as you just mentioned, is about as good as a number one. I mean, there, there's, there's some cases out there that it's not, but – I would say the the broader uh, assembly of of backup goaltenders are not that much different than the number one. Yeah, you know it's interesting. So we're always looking for storylines. So I'm looking at the time on ice, you know, for every player just to see. Okay, is somebody really going up or somebody really? The amazing every single game of twelve minutes to sixteen minutes to mm-hmm. seventeen. That group of the entire team is right in mm-hmm. that same group all the mm-hmm. time. And you do mm-hmm. wonder about a team, a league that pays guys nine and $10 million and why those guys aren't playing 22, 23 minutes as forwards. Um, it is what it is. I mean, uh, I think Rick is a great example of he'll put his, any line out against any other line, any pair out against any other line and be confident that his team will do a pretty I, good job. I, I, think, I think a lot of coaches are that way now. Yeah. It, it, they, they do not want to send a message to any player on their team that 
that you can't play against somebody on their team. Whereas before, man, you remember, it was like, <laughs> it, look, when he, when this guy or that line comes out there, you guys need to change. And yeah. I mean quick. And, and that there's no need for it anymore. And, no. and again, just what you stated, the fact that everybody plays 40 seconds, 45 seconds, and it is breakneck. It is like full throttle, red line, 45 seconds, and then off. So when everyone has energy and everyone can skate, the, there's, there is no opportunity to play against tired people other than at times in, in second periods. And this is what you wanted to talk a little yeah. bit about, especially after last night's second period. <laughs> but but it, it, it's, what, it's what happens at times because you have the long change, as some people like to call it, or a short change if you want to lean more toward the offensive side of the puck. Uh, the, there's a belief that if you, if you flipped ends and you played two periods like that instead of one, it would help the game, but then there's a battle for – while buildings are constructed so fans have season tickets at one end and it would be all messed up that way. I mean, there's, there's a litany of issues with flipping it. it doesn't, it's not as simple as, as it sounds. But that's about the only time when, when you really see guys get in trouble energy-wise and the ability to – it's not so much that, that your top line's out there against their fourth line and third pair – it's that your top line's out there against their fourth line, third pair that have been out there for almost two minutes. Yeah, and, and you can take advantage of it. I think as a team that's smart and a coaching staff that's good, if you get that matchup in the second period and you get the puck deep, then you can really take advantage of it. The Stars have been so good at it for, I don't know, what, three, four years now? Right now. Oh, more, than, looking, more than that. Yeah. Like you, you can go through all kinds of uh, coaching staffs. And, uh, and they've, they've all been that way. Yeah. I mean, if you can go, you can go back to Dave Tippett, I think. Can you not? Yeah. Well, I mean, and even Hitch's group, obviously they were good yeah. at everything, but yeah. Yeah. They dominated. Well, I, I right think a lot of them, you don't you want to know theory on it that, and I, sure. I can't explain it cause I don't understand it. <laughs> I should get it <laughs> it's explained a great theory, to though. some point. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but they, they, look, they, they've all been exposed to, to hockey Canada. All these guys, either uh, at the World Championships or Olympics, uh, they, they've been exposed to that training. And there's something called three-quarters ice. And I've heard it stated. I had it sort of explained to me once. I didn't retain it, obviously. And, uh, but that, that is, if you ask somebody, like, what goes on in second periods? A lot of coaches will talk about three-quarters ice. There. So I've explained it. <laughs> Well, statistically speaking, I actually did my homework for this one because I know you love that. Uh, stars Not are getting really, outscored se seven to four in the first period and outscoring the opposition 20 to 13 in the second period. Uh, shots are about 100 to 100 in the first period, 130 to 109 in the second period for the Stars. So they're doing something right typically. Uh, last night obviously was not one of those, but it also shows that when the other team gets that juice going and gets the energy going and can hand off one shift to the next, it it really can put you in a bad spot. Um, it was it was horrible last night. Gosh, in addition to the shots on goal, the shot attempts. What was it, forty five to five or something like that? It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, 
And you saw three quarters ice. Uh, yeah, there you unfold go. In, in front of you. We're basically, basically, it, it sounds like what it is is what you would think it is, which is th- you're not spending any time in your own zone. They're struggling to just get to center and get a line change in because you, you're you're leaning on them so much, and you're pedal to the metal, uh, the accelerators down to the floor or through the floor. So they get running around in their own zone, and by the time they get a hold of the puck, they only have the energy to just get it out of their zone before the other team turns around and they're bringing it the other way, and they're getting offensive changes at the same time because their bench is right there. Your D are trying to get to the other side of center ice in order to get a change in. So then they're going back for pucks again. They're exhausted. They're throwing bad passes around the board. Everybody's just moving their problem along. They might get it down to – top of the circles in the other team zone or thereabouts and they're coming right back again so instead of the full ice you're only dealing with three quarters ice bam yeah there you go you have it and then if and then the, what it leads if you're the to far d in that situation you really can't get stuck out there for a very long time no and then it comes down i mean there have been uh teams that have changed really intelligently that way where your d men will switch sides so you're not trying to change from the far side of the ice. You're basically just moving over. If you're a lefty um, and you're you're playing, your your net is to the right, to our right right now. You're the lefty. You're the farthest from the bench. Uh, then the right D changes. That fresh guy comes on. You switch sides. The lefty goes over, plays the right side until he can change. So it's a shorter change. So you don't get caught uh, right. chasing back to your own own net like that. But uh yeah i and i you have to think that that's part of it the fact that it's a tough line change and you get hemmed in your own zone and there's icings and you can't change and all these things but along with it come power plays you're tired you take penalties you don't take penalties when you're not tired and you can skate you do when you're tired and when you're chasing a lot and or when you're just in full panic mode and you shoot the puck into the stands you get delay a game and then the power play comes out and then they you know, power plays are going to score more than five on five and you get a little more offense that way. And, and it just feeds upon itself. So there you go. There you go. Good, good, good stats though, Mike, way to go. Way to bring some numbers <laughs> to the uh, party today. Uh, you love this stats. is not, I know, uh, stats. Do I love stats? Do no, I? You don't. No, I don't think I do. They don't, they, they show a lot, but they don't show everything much like, a parka. Bikini? A parka. Okay, the the best five of all time debate Ugh. raged on the weekend as Sid, the uh, hasn't been a kid for a long time, Crosby, uh, Sidney Crosby hit the 1K mark in games played. 1,000 games played for Crosby. It's making us all feel old, right? Yeah. Does he make you feel old? He does a little bit. Does he make you I feel am old? old. Tosi? So, so I, Tosi? I feel old. Tosi, does Crosby make you feel old? No, he doesn't. Hmm. Is he your favorite player? No, he's not. Who's your favorite player? Um, That's a good question. I'll have to get back to you on that. Okay. Um, Well, we're going to talk about not really favorite players, but, but the, the best players of all time. Now, this, to me, is a ridiculous debate. And I'm going to tell you what, do you have chimes or something going in the background today, Mike? They're in the backyard, yes. It's very windy out. So you have a, a grandfather clock and some chimes. <laughs> I, 
I turned the grandfather clock you have off. Just for nine you. cats as well, or what's going I mean, on? What is your house, two, Mike? Two cats and two dogs. <laughs> you're the best. You, you, Jen, you, you're, you sound comfortable. That sounds com- That sounds like a dreamy, comfortable abode. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yes, bungalow well, type. <laughs> uh, I I laugh and I, I spit in the face of those who assemble their top five lists like the NHL just started in 1970. <laughs> and there's a lot of that that goes on. Yeah. Right? Or, or that, that points are the only determination in what the top five players Exa- are. Exactly. Now, that that's a more difficult one to parse. But at the same time, like, th- there are people, 1970, there are people that just start in, like, 1983. And they're like, yeah. okay, well, from there forward. We'll go with the, these are the best players ever because they're the only ones that I saw on television. But th- the rule should be you can't go across more than, let's say, what do you think? Three decades? Three decades. That's it's so hard because I, I looked That's at all much, of them. Probably. And I, I'm the, you know, it's funny. For whatever reason, and I, you know, I, wasn't, I don't have any French-Canadian background or whatever, but I love Rocket Richard, and, and I think he gets the shrift a lot of times where everybody says, oh, Gordie Howe's the greatest. I'm going like, well, the Rocket was pretty good, too, back then. Mm-hmm. And then you start mm-hmm. adding on to that, and you're going like, well, okay, could they play now? You know, does Bobby Yeah, Orr but you can't. No, 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 no. That's the, that's, that, that's the mistake. You can't do that. Right. Look, look, if you put every goaltender that plays in the National Hockey League right now in net in 1975, nobody would ever <laughs> score. Ever. Like do ever to wear, do they get to wear the new pants or the old? Yeah, no, no. They've got all their equipment. They're the right. size they are. They're trained the way yep. they are. And then you just take them back to 1975, and nobody would ever score ever. Holly ends and, up with 104 and, goals. Yeah, like it's just that. That's just so impossible. It's the same thing. Like take Connor McDavid back to, I don't know. Uh, you know, drop him in somewhere in in the 80s when the game was not moving that fast and let him just light things up like yeah. the same thing. You like, you can't, you can't do that. It was a, it's eras are different. So you, you have to stay within whatever that is that you decide the parameters are of generations. Is it, is it right. three decades? Is it 20 years? So you could be, you could essentially go from, let's say the second world war to 1975 as, as one. Right. And then you could go from 1975 to 2000 as another. And then you could go from 2000 to 2025, which isn't here yet, but it's coming. Uh, And hopefully it's better than 2020 and 21. Uh, And and then you pick your best players from those generations. I can't go before the uh, Second World War because the rules were ridiculous. Yeah. I think they were using frozen cow turd and uh, goaltenders had magazines on their legs and stuff. Like, it was ridiculous. They just whittled down a a snag from a tree and used that as a stick. So, with that, you got to start trying to pick your players. I I mean, I could come up with probably 15, uh, a 15-person list from those three generations. Yeah, You. Yeah, the my, the other problem I had is, you know, what is the weight of a defenseman and a goaltender versus the all-time leading scores? And so I was tossing that around yeah. in my head. Yeah, you that's know, a good... It, I mean, is yeah, Lidstrom... You, you almost have to, like, pick a team. 
from right. each generation. Yeah. Otherwise, it's is Lidstrom the most dynamic player of a twenty-year span? I mean, I think he could yeah. be, but then Ray Bork was in there, and you know, it it just it really gets tough. And then you look at okay, was Marty Brodeur that great? His numbers say he was. Was Hashik that great? He won whatever you know, yes. six Vesnas. Yeah. No, he and was. So now you're. Now you're like, okay, should they be in the top 15? And yeah. I'm like, ah. and then you look at the points and you're just like, oh, look, Gretz has 1.92 and Mario has 1.88. And you're like, how does anybody compete with that? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a really hard thing to do. Well, yeah, you know what, Mike? Life is hard. It is. Like, Not for me. Nobody's... I got two dogs, two cats, a bunch of wind chimes. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, you do have wind chimes. That lowers the blood pressure right there. The uh, I, I always look at this if you look beyond. Like you look at the the first twenty five years or thirty years or whatever, and you have names like Orr and Howe and Richard and Dryden in there, right? And then you have yep. Gretzky, Lemieux, Hasek, uh, Lidstrom. You have and then the, you have Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid, Brodeur. I guess would fit in. I I, I mean he goes back into the nineties too. It's tough. Uh, but if you, if I was looking for a guy, I almost look at it this way: a guy at a position, all time, and that guy at that position changed the way the position was played. How about that? That's a good one. So there was nobody that did what Bobby Orr did until Bobby Orr came along and did what Robert Orr did, like nobody. Indeed. Now there's been some since. But there was, I mean, he was ridiculous. Uh, he was ridiculous. Uh, he changed the position forever, rushing defenseman like that, an offensive defenseman. And then you go to Gretzky. I mean, nobody had done what Gretz did. Nobody probably ever will, unless they just change all the rules. Uh, nobody will. Uh, so then you, you've got that one. For me, I don't think anybody changed things went to a different level to that level now yeah mario came along and and was was close uh to that no question but gretz was the first one who raised the bar and i always think the the ones that raise the bar are are the individuals that that should garner all the accolades uh because there are guys that come after and that leads me to to dominic hashik it was the same thing like Everyone just tried to stop 90% of the shots they faced as goaltenders. And then along came this guy from Czechoslovakia, and he stopped 93% of the shots. Now, it only sounds like, well, it is only 3%. It only sounds like this little marginal uh, advancement in the stat. Th- that is, that's ridiculous. That, that's like going from being like a 25-goal score to a 60-goal score at that position in, in that statistical category. So as soon as he did it, then eventually other guys did it as well. But nobody had done that prior to to him, really. Yeah. And uh, so I I I really do. I don't think he gets anywhere near uh, as much praise for how good he was and and just what he did in changing that position a little bit as he did. And now you move on to the next group, and I don't know which guy is going to come out of this. You know, two thousand to twenty twenty five. That probably McDavid. I mean, who's nobody's ever skated like that, yeah, and had their hands keep up. I agree. I'm done. I mean, it's I'm funny. done with my statement. Well, are and you, again, you, I think this are these this all, are, 
<laughs> are these pauses? Are they, are they just for effect? Or are you just? No, I, I'm listening oh, to you. Okay. I, I don't want. No, I don't want to step on your toes. Please. I really am. Oh, please. Uh, and I guess it all comes down to what is Sid then, because I think he just one he did everything extremely well and consistently, and then two I think he just showed up on the big stage, and that's mm-hmm. something that McDavid hasn't had the opportunity to do yet. Um, but yeah, that, well, that to, big that by big me stage, do you mean? Do you mean Olympics? Olympics, international competition, the yeah. Stanley Cup finals, like all yeah. of it. When you have yep. a big game, Sid raised his game. And I think that might be his legacy, is that he really was crunch time player. Hmm. And still is. Still can be. Yeah. Do you you refer to him as Sid? Are you that type? I do. Me. Yeah, me and him. We go back. All right. Well. I mean, it's 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 debatable. It is interesting, and it's also debatable. <laughs> uh, did you hear about this uh, e-bug movie that they're working on? I have. David Ayers uh, was the guy that jumped off a Zamboni and ended up in net, beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Disney's going to make a movie out of it or something. Disney Plus needs content, so I get that. Uh I think it's it's more of a Hallmark channel for me than than Disney, but it's got it's got a bit of a Disney thing to it, I guess. I yeah. guess. Did you ever see the movie The Rookie, where they took uh, the, the picture, the coach was the, the guy in his first per- year in the league in that movie? No, he he, he was well, he was in the first <laughs> in the year, but he was like 34, 35 years old. He was a high school coach, and uh, Who, who's he the actor? Won. Dennis Quaid. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he wanted yeah. to always wanted to be yeah. a baseball player, but he got yeah. too old. And so he's coaching mm-hmm. this high school baseball team, and he's pitching to his kids, and, and they're saying he's throwing 90 miles an hour. He goes, I can't throw 90 miles an hour. And they're like, you know, if, you, if we win the district, you have to go try out for a pro baseball team, supposedly. I mean, this is a story they tell, and supposedly a, a true story. And so they win district. He goes out there. They clock him at 98 miles an hour, and he ends up with the Tampa Bay Rays playing the Texas Rangers uh, and struck out the first guy he faced and – Disney movie, here we come. Uh, he played in the league for two years, so he's more than David Ayers. But, again, it's they do a great job. I watched that movie. I thought it was wonderful. I'm a sap for movies like that, so I'm well, sure I'll think the David Ayers movie is wonderful. Yes. Soundtrack of wind chimes in that. <laughs> the, uh, who plays them? It's got to be someone dumpy. Ouch. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> Bit of a milk bag, uh, <laughs> Zamboni driver. Uh, Zach oh, Galifianakis, maybe. <laughs> oh my God! No, no. Who's the Who's the the guy who's in a lot of buddy movies? In that, uh, here comes the boom. Uh, what's that guy's name? Ah, ah. He's chubby. That's why I was thinking of it. He's an overweight. Uh, guy. Kevin James. Kevin James. Hilarious. Kevin James <laughs> plays David Ayers. Great actor. There you go. A great Bang. actor. Bang. Nailed it. <laughs> so much it in. depth in the Kevin James <laughs> repertoire. David Ayers becomes wow. a hilarious character. <laughs> <laughs> Total comedy. He's working nightclubs and what have you. Uh, anyway, look for that soon coming to you. If you have Disney Plus or whatever, that. I guess you can download it and it'll end up somewhere. Uh, and it's probably worthy of a team. it's worthy of a movie. I mean it 
as a former goaltender, it's more bug than e-bug. But uh, (laughs) anyway, moving on. State of the stars. We haven't even talked about our stars. (laughs) We better get to that. Uh, This little... This little uh, skid's getting a little long in the tooth, no? Yes. Yeah. And and with this road trip, it's scary. Like, I mean, yeah. I, the the people on social media, and, you know, I know I, you don't connect to them, but I do, they were mad and, and frustrated last night, and which was, I think, the first time this year that they really are like, what the heck is going on here? Um, and I don't have an answer for them. I mean, this is a tough stretch to one, come back, shake the rust off, and then play the two best teams in the in the division. Yeah. Um, Here, I'll say this, though. Like, th- that was going to be a difficult game no matter what, uh, just with the week that was, and then going in against a club that's been trotting along pretty good. And unfortunate for the Stars, they, they lose to Detroit, and they're all internally mad and everything coming out. If you flip periods around, and you had that first period in the first – and then they played the first period in the second, and then the third was the way the third was. You you would feel differently about last night's game, no? Yes, and that's always the case. You know, the fact that they actually played okay in the third gives you hope for for Wednesday's game. Uh, that, they, that, you know, they, this, they played well in the first. Yeah, they could have been up two nothing. Should have been up two nothing. Yeah, and uh, and and then the third period, maybe a little bit out of embarrassment. And uh, and some just get maybe finally getting some of their their game legs and lungs and and eyes and hands and all those things back again. Uh, but we're skipping over just a rancid second period, aren't we? <laughs> My God. Oh. Well, it's funny. Oh. I, I really didn't look into the Florida Panthers until last night. That's a really good team. I mean, the guys who they have gotten and brought in are incredibly hungry, are in contract situations where they're trying to prove a point. And you start watching them and you're going like, oh, okay, I get it now. These guys, you know, they they have had difficult situations the year before or they're in a situation where they need to prove themselves. And I think that seems to be driving that forward group. And it's a completely different forward group. And then obviously adding Joel Quenville to them, you know, from a second year of Joel Quenville makes a big yeah. difference. But that that's a yeah. really good team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're 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 decent. Uh, they've got some they've got some great talent. They they play organized. Obviously, uh, Q's won a few games in his career in behind the bench and and knows what he's doing. Uh, they have they have good pieces. Uh, I'm not going to go overboard with the, the second coming or anything, but uh, no, I yeah, they're. You know, the guy that was supposed to be their mainstay can't even get in net. And when he does get in net, is leaky as a tea bag uh, in Bobrovsky. I mean, their top pair, Ekblad, went first overall. You're going to get a great player when you pick somebody first overall, right? right. Uh, but his partner is a seventh round draft pick, Uyghur. Yeah. The D, the D, D is, is sketchy, but they're holding it together. But that group of forwards. Well, I, they're, I don't know that they're sketchy, but they're. they're I mean, they're they're. I wouldn't say they're formidable, formidable. Did I say that right? I don't know. Uh, you wouldn't but, say it. But they're 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 a good collection, and they're they're an experienced group back there too. There's there's yeah. no they're not breaking anybody in back there. Uh, but then you go up and you go. Uh, my favorite name in the NHL, by the way, is their fourth line center iceman, Yuho Lamiko. 
Yuho Lamico. Does that not sound like like a, a hero on Saturday morning cartoons or maybe a WWE character or something? Yuho, <laughs> yes, it here does. comes Yuho Lamico. In, in Finland, it does. <laughs> That's you could have a, a good, good theme song, couldn't you? <laughs> but I mean, but like De Declare, you know, was let go in Ottawa. Verhage yep. was let go in Tampa Bay. Wenberg was bought out in Columbus. I mean, Columbus. Hornquist, he was mad that Pittsburgh or, uh, let him yeah. go. And, but Connelly I mean, they're had all to motivated. Move on. I, yeah. Yeah. And they've had, look, it, we've seen this before. You have a good start, you start believing in what's being dealt, and, uh, and you have tons of confidence within your group, and uh, away you go. Uh, yeah. I found it fascinating that they, they only had 13 of the 39 players that they invited to training camp that played for the Panthers last season. Yeah. Like well, heck, last, some of, the, some last of these night, moves were made in December. They didn't even know they were going to That's true. That's true. <laughs> last night though, they're, they're, I look back to the last time the stars played the Panthers, the, their forward group, there, there were four guys that played in that game back in, I think it was 2019. Yeah. And, uh, and then last night, and one of their forwards in that game back then is the Stars defenseman Mark Pesic. <laughs> you know, he, he he was playing right wing for them in that yeah. game. So uh, they've had a huge overhaul and a terrific start to the season. And you probably nailed it. The tons of internal motivation just, yeah. just to be a playoff team and for individuals to uh, prove other people wrong. And I guess the Florida Panther brass right. Well, and you're right, too. I think you nailed it in that you get on that positive oh, thanks, wave, and it's, it's really easy to ride it. Well, you know, we're, we're here. We're brothers. Well, yeah. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> I think especially uh, this NHL, you, you have teams that get on runs. I mean, the Stars are the epitome of this the last couple of seasons where they get going in a positive direction, and there's no stopping them. They just rack up win after win. And then they get into a spin, and they can't pull themselves out of it for a while. And did, did, does this era of stars not strike you as a club that seems to set a record of some sort every second night that they play? We set it in the playoffs last year, and now they're, oh, well, they're I mean, continuing that but tradition. Even, but even you, you go back to last year in the regular season. I mean, they, they won seven in a row. They tied a franchise mark at one point. Yeah. And, and then they would go on, on these, the, these little – can't win a game runs and then they'd win a bunch in a row. And the year prior to that Bishop set the save percentage record for the franchise. And then they got in the bubble and it was a, a bonanza of playoff records that were either matched or set. I don't know how many, what, what did we have the number at like 27 or something? It was ridiculous. It was, a, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was bizarre. The other thing that they just passed, I believe the, uh, same amount of games in Minnesota and Dallas, which is like 2,300 mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. So you're talking 4,600 games, and this is the first time they've given up 29 shots in a Yeah, period. yes. You're going like, wow. I mean, that's like back to 67 they hadn't done that when they were a terrible team. And, you know, the league was filled with shots on goal. But Isn't that the truth? Not until now. Yeah. Not until last night in the second period. <laughs> And there, I mean, I I think of the the times that guys had open looks and either missed the net or, 
or elected not to shoot and, and pass. I mean, they, I don't think it's a stretch to say they, they could have chased like 40 in the period. They certainly yeah. could have got into the mid thirties. Yeah. Which is insane. So th there's, there's another record, right? And at yep. the beginning of the year, it was a positive records. It was power play records night in and night out. It felt like, yeah. and you know, the first couple of games, eight for 12 and they're, they're tying legendary penguin teams. And like, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense at times. It, it just doesn't. Cause it, it's not always, it's certainly not uh, just the, the mundane, you know, let's just move the game along and, and just steady. And you know what you're going to get game in and game out, man, this is herky jerky, lurchy, helter skelter, a phenomenal look like, you know, go ahead, go to Belfour and order the rings, get them done. And then, oh my God, are they ever going to win a game again? All in a matter yeah. of like two or three week spans. It's, cr it's we've crazy. Said this. They, they are a streaky team the last couple of years and it's one seven and one and it's, you know, six Oh, yeah. and two or whatever, or 13, two and two or whatever. I mean, yeah. like some of those stretches, even last year, were fantastically great and terribly horrible. So I guess you do need to be patient and you need to let them ride it out. The one interesting thing about this year is if they go on a seven or eight game winning streak or whatever, an eight, two and two run, they're going to make up ground like you wouldn't believe because they're going to be making it up on teams that they're competing against. And every game right. is a four point game. And uh, so, yes, they have eight games in hand and they need to win those games. But if they do, if they go six and two or whatever, you know, uh, five, one and three in those eight games, uh, they will jump right back into the mix of the playoff race. And I know fans are getting worried that they're too far out already, but I, no, you can make up, no. you can make up ground in this schedule. Yeah. And you do, I know it gets destroyed and blurred and, and uh, tossed into the tire fire last night with that second period and then ultimately the loss. But heading into the game, even though the, it didn't look good and they you know, didn't win a game in the first half of that homestand that got uh, cut off at the knees, they came into the game with the fourth best uh, points percentage in the division. Right. Like, even with everything that's gone on, and it, it, not an exotic, extraordinary beginning to the season. It was at the very beginning, but then obviously things came back to the, the norm and then fell off uh, a cliff a little bit the other way. Uh, There's still, I mean, the top four teams are going to make the playoffs. And if you, yep. you have to think points percentage more than think, okay, well, how many points do they have? How many points back of fourth are they? in the central division. You just, you, you have to play tricks with your mind a little bit. Because yeah, and then you, the other thing. Yes, Mike. What is the, the other, other thing? thing? Is it interesting? Other, a little bit. Is okay, that go ahead. it won't matter if you're the first seed or the fourth seed because you're probably going to play one of those, you know, Florida, Tampa Bay, or Carolina. And I'm not sure any one of them is a great matchup. So then if you get in as a fourth seed, I think you have just as much as a chance if you're the second or third seed. Does that make any sense? Yeah. No, it's interesting. It was. It's an interesting uh, look it, at it. It's an optimistic thought. Well, look, four teams make the playoffs, as you pointed out. Uh, <laughs> Tampa, Florida, and Carolina are looking very good, right? Yep. Chicago has shocked a lot of people. Now, whether they can sustain what they've been doing, who knows? But nobody saw that 
coming. I, their goaltending has been way better than than anticipated. And without their captain, Jonathan Taves, and without Kirby Dock, a couple of center icemen, and they, they've motored along and and won games that they they beat people. They're not just winning games by smoke and mirrors. Like they're they're beating some teams. The Preds are having it seems like an identity crisis right now, right? Although I think they won their last one, but they had been spiraling. Detroit is mostly horrible. They have some yeah. moments, but they're I mean, they're doing what they're doing. They're rebuilding. And our stars our stars are playing like a, a sports car with a blown clutch. You'll like that. You're from Detroit. What do you think of that one? I do like that. It's pretty good. Okay. They yeah. They don't they know can't, what gear they just can't in. get going. And t- well, it doesn't matter. The clutch won't work. And uh, because yeah. of that, because of that, they can't even get into first gear uh, and get out of this thing right now. But you know, you brought up the point. Okay, are those three teams? Are they going to get too far ahead to where you're basically just challenging for one playoff spot? You know, does Tampa, Florida, and Carolina get so far ahead that realistically you're like, mm, I don't know, I don't know if we're going to be able to catch them. So you're in this, you're in this battle with those teams I just mentioned, and and then you, basically you're you're like uh, that Red Bull commercial uh, that that you're you just have to be uh, faster than one other gazelle. You, you know, you don't you don't have to be able to outrun. I don't. Was it a bear that was after him? I'm doing this on the I can't, fly. I can't remember that I, commercial. I think it was a. I think it was a bear. And then the two gazelles are talking to one another, and the gazelle points out, "I don't need to be faster than the bear. I just need to be faster than you." Bang. <laughs> Makes sense. Now I will what? say this, and this is a little bit of a critical point. And I know you don't like me to be too critical. No, you're sunny. You're chimey. The front office has balanced on that. Let's just make the playoff line, and I think. In a couple of years in the past, they fell underneath the line because they were shooting for seventh place or eighth place. And so if I were them, I'd shoot for third still and and leave yourself a little bit of wiggle room, but it might be too tough. Um, But, yeah, you just got to play your best hockey and hope you're better than Columbus and Chicago. Those are my guess of the two teams that you're going to be fighting with, and we'll see. Yeah, I like it, it, it it looks so sour and dour because of the games played. And yeah. there are going to be a ton of people who are going, oh, yeah, well, games in hand are wonderful, but you got to win those games in hand. Well, duh, you have to win the games you're playing. Uh, the, the, they have a lot of games coming, and they're going to yes. come quickly, but they have a lot of games. Uh, they, so the opportunity is certainly there. They have not played consistently, and they, I, they haven't really played their best hockey yet, I don't think. Yeah. And they are uh, streaking. Break, you know, they're breaking in kids that – are probably ahead of schedule because of injuries and, and just the whole circumstance of this season and, and what it is and no ability really to uh, use your American Hockey League team the way you used to. I, I don't know. There's so many things that have been tossed at everybody. Uh, but like I'm, I'm not trying to rose-color this thing and, and that, but they've proven before that they can get on some serious roles and if they do get on one like that, and you're playing some of these teams that you either need to leapfrog or put in your rear view or, or close the gap on, you can do it in a hurry, in a series. Yeah. Now, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, if you, don't, if you don't start clawing a little bit here from basically the, the quarter pole to, the, to midseason, where you're, you're cutting into a, a little bit of this, 
then you're really going to have to hit some gas in the in the second half of this thing. And they are going to come really quick then. But you have no idea what's going to happen within those other teams as well. You yeah. don't know whether a COVID outbreak is going to hammer uh, Florida. You don't know whether injuries are going to cripple Tampa. Like, who knows? All kinds of things can happen to change the dynamic of this thing. So I, I nowhere near time to get uh, all freaked out about uh, a winless streak. Because even when they – heading into last night, what, one win in eight games, but they had points in five of eight. The, the participation point can be your friend, man. Yeah. It can be your buddy and allow you to, okay, you know, we're only getting one point at a time, but at least we're getting a point. Now they go on a skid where they get zipped for, you know, four and five games in a row, then you have dug a hole and you're going to have to, you know, without some of your game-breaking superstars, you know, no Radulov, no Sagan, no Ben Bishop. And you got to get your collective act together where you're almost perfect night in and night out. That, that is going to be a, a bit of a tall task. They, they miss Radulov too. Hey, like you, it, like it's unbelievable. They haven't won a game since he got hurt. Right. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like and, just, and it is, it's so funny watching him because he makes so many mistakes. And I think we all get kind of caught up in the mistakes because they are, there are things that can hurt you and things that can be prevented but it's just that Tasmanian devil energy that he brings that it sucks people into the vortex and pushes them ahead, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, it's just that, that passion that he, he brings, the puck pursuit and passion. That, and he's a good player. He, yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's just running around banging into people like an energy player. Like he's a world-class player along with it. So it'd be nice to get him back. Eventually, I guess they're going to get – Tyler and, and Ben Bishop back, which will be wonderful. But that, man, that's still a ways away, right? We haven't had any yeah, updates well, in a while. It's so weird, too, because, like, I think what we've heard is early April for Tyler, and then he goes on the radio and says, yeah, I just want a couple of games before the playoffs. Well, the playoffs are May 10th <laughs> or 11th. You're going like, yeah, I think a couple is not the, the what we're shooting for here, Tyler. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, and again, with hip and – how much does he, you know, take for him to get back up to speed? And is there a speed of the NHL at that point in time that's really pretty quick uh, that other players are used to after 40 or 50 games? And um, it, it'll be really interesting. Uh, ben, I don't have as much of a concern about just because I think, you know, he'll come back and, and he'll, you know, he'll be fine. And plus, I think he's also supposed to be back in late March or early April. Yeah. Um, but, yep. but Tyler, Tyler's a, a key point. And the other thing that I don't know, they haven't really oh my God, had this him is going to be a two-hour podcast here. Pretty two-hour podcast. Yep. Uh, they haven't had Tyler in a key situation, healthy, where he's just at the top of his game and they're going into playoffs and he's just humming along. Um, you know, even last last year when they went to the final, he was you know he was on one leg a lot of times. So it'd be mm -hmm. really nice if they could get him up and running and see what the whole thing looks like with him and Pavelski and Radulov and Ben and and now Hint and Garyanov are, are flying and maybe Delandria is adding to it and I mean the potential is there for them to be really good but a, a lot of things have to fall into place. All right, that was a solid Dude, was closing statement. Uh, that was a Mike. positive. I don't know. I lost <laughs> you halfway through it there. I stopped listening. Sorry about that. Uh, I was just trying to get off the air. I, totes has to get back to the pool uh he's on i think uh daiquiri duty i got about uh, 25 minutes of sunshine left so yeah 
you got to get out there before it sets over the palm trees. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, hey, guys, excellent stuff this week. Mike, thanks for <laughs> thanks, ch- thanks for chiming in uh, this week <laughs> on old rinky-dinking. I'll, I'll take them down next week. Uh, no, I, I look forward to whatever the the ambient sound will be next week. We had uh, Big Ben chiming. You didn't hear that this time, we, did you? Had the actual, no, what'd you do? Did you smash it or something? I did. Yeah, chimes. Put, next put my money. Maybe, uh, my money's on a kettle whistling next week. Yeah, well, that would yeah, that'd be nice. Or maybe just some soft oboe music being played in the background. Whatever you come up with, Mike will enjoy. Uh, but that's it. Uh, Mike, you have nothing else. Totsi's got to get going. We appreciate you setting this up from uh, out there in Florida. Uh, so until we reconvene to tantalize your eardrums again next week, uh, for Mike, everything is interesting, Heike, and the pool boy, Jeff Totes. I'm Daryl Ray. Have a fabulous week, and go Stars! Go Stars!